If you'll turn in your Bible to Jude, right before Revelation. If you go past Revelation, you fell out of the Bible, turn around, come back in. Come back in one book before the end. It's a little book. It's 25 scriptures. It's only a one-chapter book. Those are my favorite kinds of books. So <laughs> I've told you all how difficult it is for me to read. I, I don't learn as well by reading. I have to fight to read. Um, I learned through association. I learned through repetition. But reading, rep, rep, repetitiously reading is one of the hardest things. I'm an auditory. I hear. I learn. I, I, I can, if I hear it, I can, I can get it. Um, but uh, one guy said, I hadn't read no books since I graduated high school. And another man looked at him and said, yeah, we can, we can tell. <laughs> I ain't read no books. Well, we're going to read a, a, a chapter and a book all at the same time today. And uh, this one is really good. You know, this whole year, I did not know that it was going to turn into this. Um, but it's been a year of pastoral preaching, pastoral preaching, pastoral preaching. That doesn't mean that I've just worn you guys out. There's a couple of times I thought, throughout the year that I, the following Sunday I'd be here with my wife and uh, maybe someone else who felt guilty enough to come. But I promise you, when I preach, um, I'm, I'm at least preaching to me. And, um, yeah. I heard a term this week. I've never heard it before. I wish I'd have thought of it. And it was describing uh, church people. And <laughs> called them sheeple. <laughs> I liked it. I thought, you know, I'm one too. I'm a sheep. You're a sheep. We're, he's the great shepherd. We're all his sheep, but, but we're sheeple. <laughs> so at the end of the day, y'all can look at each other as you leave and you say bye. <laughs> all right. You're welcome. You're welcome. You still got two weeks to find another church this year, so you can start your year off right next year. I I need to apologize for that one. That one's pretty bad, bad. But anyway, Jude. <laughs> I can still hear a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> my son today, or this week, twice this week, he said, Dad, what's that? We were going down the road. He said, what's that? I said, I don't hear it. He said, you don't hear that? That high squeal? And I'm like, I don't smell anything. I don't hear it. I've lost a frequency somewhere. It's a high. So if, if y'all whisper, whisper high pitch is what I can tell you. But if you whisper low, I got you, Jude. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. To those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. 
That's you. That's the believers in the house. To those who are called, sanctified by God, beloved by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. So grateful for that. Mercy, peace, and love. Not just that, but mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Have you found him to be a God of mercy? Oh, I have. I, I preached to y'all the other week. You knew God's been merciful to me. A God of love multiplied. A God of peace multiplied. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. I found it necessary. While I was writing to everybody, he said, while I was thinking of everybody and our common salvation, he didn't get stuck just thinking we're all saved, we're all good. He was better than that. He said, I felt an urgency to tell you to contend earnestly for the faith. To fight for your faith. To contend for your faith. That actually means to do battle for your faith. Faith has to be fought for. How many of you can be honest enough to say sometimes my faith gets weak? Sometimes I even wonder if I got any. Amen? But God is better than that. He's talking about apostasy arising because what was going on then is going on now. What was going on then is going on now. When false teachers emerge, when the truth of God is attacked, it's time to fight for the faith. Only believers who are spiritually in shape can answer that type of summons. This isn't about how many times you go to the gym or I'd be in trouble. But this is how many times you have to call on God because if you're not calling on Him, you're calling mom or grandma or a friend or your wife, or somebody that you trust. And all those things are good, but nobody can take the place of you calling on God. And nowadays, I find myself calling on God more than ever. It, it, it is unreal, the day that we live in. At the beginning of this letter, Jude is focusing on the believer's common salvation, but then he feels compelled to challenge them to contend, or to fight, or to do battle for the faith. Because the danger is real because false teachers are working their way. I'm about to read a scripture about them creeping into the church. It says, they've crept into the church. Like I said, what is happening then is happening now. Turning God's grace into unbounded license to do as they please. That's probably the, the most dangerous thing in area of deception is making you feel comfortable in God's presence, knowing that He's everywhere, 
But he's just okay with however we need to be. What, whatever I need to do. Wherever my little desire pulls me. Oh, I got God's grace for that. What about stay away? What about not be what he called you out of? If he didn't want to call you out of it, what's the purpose anyway? If, if, if we just go right back to where we came out of, how many of you own dogs? Dog lovers. I like dogs. I, I love dogs, but dog lovers can get on my nerves. I was behind a car yesterday. I saw a little sticker. It said, tell your dog I said hi. Sorry, if that's one of y'all, I'm sorry. But your sticker got on my nerves. Like, number one, my dog is not waiting on that. And I don't want to get more into preaching and emotion than I should. But how far do we go with animals over people anyway? Whole other sermon, just sorry, just, just sorry, just, just strike it, but know who you're dealing with. I'll be reading them plates, I'll be reading them stickers. Well, yeah, I look at stickers, I, sometimes if you see somebody in your, behind you, I get closer because I want to see what them little stickers say too. Because the big one tells me you're crazy, the little ones tell me how crazy. Verse 4 says, for certain men, he's telling us to fight, to contend. He says, certain men have crept in unnoticed. So their job was to get in, and they did. You see that? They got in. They're, they're among us. They're in the church. Some are in pulpits right now. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of of eternal fire likewise also these dreamers defile the flesh reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries like I said what's going on nowadays is not a new thing it's been going on and it's still going on and it will continue to go on It is amazing to me how many things 
have a sexual, it, it, it used to be like, hmm, that's kind of sensual. Now it's just right up in your face. I mean, and it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if it's a cheeseburger that they're advertising. I'll say this, most of the, mm. I was going to say most of the women I saw eating cheeseburgers at Hardy's didn't look like that, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm just saying, they, they found her somewhere. And it hasn't gotten any less. It, it, it's crazy. There are things now that don't even make any sense. It's just baiting you to activate your mind. And what they don't even realize is that your mind gets stuck in that and doesn't even hear about the product. Verse 9, yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, so he's talking about our contending. He's, he's talking about contending for your faith. And Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. That's, that's such a powerful verse. That, that is, we think that, you know, um, weaponry, you know, knife. Oh, he messed up. He brought a knife to a gunfight. Gun, grenades, machine guns, tanks, bombs, nuclear bombs. All this weaponry, the Lord rebuke you. Powerful. Because it's easy to get mad about the enemy and, and, and just. But the Lord rebuke you. So powerful. Because we can, I, I've said this over and over, we, we can blame the enemy for a lot. I grew up, um, if it's not slipping my mind, uh, Flip Wilson, Flip Wilson. Hey, there's some people my age or older in here. Flip Wilson used to say what? The devil, devil made me do it. That was cute. That was an excuse and dress up the devil and put some horns on him and, and a long tail and, and a pitchfork and you know, the devil made me do it. No, Flip, he did not. Flip, you made Flip do it. The, the enemy might have presented you with the temptation, but you made you do it. So in my quest to find somebody to blame it on with enough justification to where the focus would come off of me and it would go on the person, I realized that doesn't work. 
I'm responsible for me. Yes, you are. When you stand in front of the Lord, I don't read anywhere where everybody's going to be lined up and you can, you can point out the ones who caused you to do it. I read that it's going to be you and him. That lets you know. He's going to say, well, did, did, he, he won't even have to say. He'll know, and here's another thing. Here's another new flesh. You'll know. I say this all the time. Me telling you as a preacher, me telling you do no wrong, it's usually not a revelation for you. You know. I, I don't really need to waste my time. I grew up under a lot of that. I grew up people telling me everything I did wrong. And though I knew that I was doing wrong, they made me mad when they told me that, so I just kept doing what I was going to do, thinking, well, I'm going to get blamed anyway. I'm just going to get in trouble anyway, so I might as well just do it. Well, that was me. But I can tell you nowadays, maturity is me taking responsible for what, yes, I did. I made the decision to do it, and the devil didn't make me do anything. And I don't think you can. I have the ability to choose. One of the greatest gifts God ever gave me, one of the dangerous gifts he ever gave me, was the ability to choose. You better choose right. And I believe you're here because you've chosen right. And this, this scripture, where it's, it's right here, it says, but these speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they know naturally like brute beasts. In these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Cain had a murderous heart. Balaam was greedy and Korah was under rebellion. Murder, greed, rebellion. Murder, greed, rebellion. They, they go together. And he says, woe to them. But there's a, there's a picture right here that it, it, it's actually drawn from um, Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 3. Joshua the high priest is standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? He's speaking of Joshua. It says, Now Joshua, the high priest, was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. I apologize. I did not give you my scripture. So you're going as quick as you can back there. Thank you, Mike. It's not his fault. It's my fault. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments as was standing before the angel. This was a time when the high priest, he basically bore the load for all the people. And once a year, he would come to represent all the people. And here stands the high priest, and his garments are soiled. And since he represents all the people, it is an indictment against all the people. We're guilty. 
And guess who's standing right there to point them out and say, you're guilty. The high priest is guilty. And all the people are guilty. And they were. And the enemy wanted justice all of a sudden. Satan wanted justice. Here we've got him called on the carpet. I don't really have to say anything. Look at his garments. He's supposed to be wearing white, clean, linen garments. And they're soiled and they're dirty. So certainly all the people he's representing, they're dirty. And just like that, the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, this is the Lord speaking, take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Another translation says, my own robes. I'll clothe you with my robes. How much greater would my dependence be on God to know that I am standing before Him guilty? And I'm representing a people, and we're all guilty. And His word to me is mercy. And His word to me is Satan, the Lord rebuke you. And there's nothing that the enemy can do about it. Can you imagine the enemy's dismay when he knows he's got them on the hook? When he knows that they are guilty. When he knows all he's got to do is point, but he wants to talk too. He wants to say it all. And right before he's about to, the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And that's it. And there's nothing that can be said from that point. He hushes the mouth of the enemy. That, that, that is an amazing passage of Scripture because he says, don't just put my garments on him because that's an outer thing. He said, take away the filthy garments from him. And to him, he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. That's not God talking right there. That's Zechariah talking. Zechariah, who is a prophet, he's talking about the high priest Joshua because there's some things that Zechariah knew. Zechariah knew things that weren't right. Zechariah was a prophet of God. And Zechariah said, not just his outer, not just his iniquity, but do something for his head because over our head, we, we, we start right here in our mind. It, it all start, How many times have I preached that? Wherever we go physically, our mind took us there first. What, what, whatever we get ourselves into, our mind took us there first. We, we, we've talked about that over and over and over. The, the battle, the spirit versus the flesh, is always fought right here in our mind. And Zechariah gets in on it and he says, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and they put the clothes on him and the angel of the Lord stood by watching over all of it. Watching over all of it. It's a, a beautiful picture of God's mercy right there. 
It's a good picture of, of God's judgment. And, and I've said this before. We think judgment. We're scared of the word judgment. We, we hate in the church to talk about judgment. But let me promise you, judgment is a wonderful word if judgment is in your favor. Ask the man who got a, a, what, a $5.7 million judgment. He's not, oh, I hate judgment. He's like, I love judgment. I've been waiting all my life for that kind of judgment. So judgment in your favor is a good thing. Can I tell you, though, that that judgment is, that kind of judgment is happening right now? That kind of mercy is happening right now for us. And he sets us up. And we're guilty. We're guilty. And he forgives us. And he takes off the soiled clothes. And he puts on new clothes. And he takes off of our head and puts into our head. We, we know that we are to be renewed in our mind, right? We, we, we've talked about that enough times. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So we know that that's constantly happening. But if I look at that, if I just read that scripture, I'm thinking that, that Joshua, the high priest, and all the people, for that kind of showdown, how they must have, have honored and revered the Lord after that. But I think about what we do. Though he forgives us, we roll right back into what we came out of. Now, now I remember what I was going to say a little while ago about that little doggy sticker. Tell your doggy I said hi. Not telling him that. The Bible talks about this thing that we do. That we come out of sin. He calls us out of sin. And, and we go right back to where we came out of. The Bible compares that. I, I said, how many have dogs? It compares that to a dog that will return to his own vomit. Let me tell you, that's gross. Yeah, the, I, I, there's some of my pet owners right there because you've seen it. There's no way to pretty that up. You can't put a cute enough bow on that. You can't paint them little bit nails and make that cute enough. Because when I see that happen, I try. When, when I hear my dog, my dog will do it now, I'm telling you. He's cute, but he'll do that. I have to start him off with a little biscuit every morning. And it's not because I want to give him a treat. It's because I want something in his stomach so he doesn't start throwing up in my house. Because if I forget, all I hear is, <coughs> <coughs> about number, <coughs> number three or four, there it is. And I ain't got to worry, if I don't get over there, he'll done cleaned it up. Because a dog will return to his own vomit. Bible says that. So y'all think, Pastor John, you're being gross today. Bible said that. You know what's gross? 
is the comparison is true that we'll do the same thing. No amens on that. We do the same thing. He calls us out, and if we're not very careful, if we don't take it upon ourselves to feed ourselves something that will keep us from Verse 12, these are spots in your love feast. Talking about the people that have snuck in. While they feast with you without fear. There's no shame in the game anymore. There's no shame. Serving only themselves. They are clouds without water. Carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit. Twice dead pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars who from, I'm sorry, for that, <laughs> dyslexia, boy, that was fun, isn't it? For whom is, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever? Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying behold the lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him Enoch, seventh from Adam. That at least tells me that God's been keeping record a long time. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. I recited to myself, I hope I can still do it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United. Well, we just have to stop right there, there, don't we? The United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God. Oh, we got to stop again right there. Indivisible. Oh, we got to stop right there. With liberty. Oh, we got to stop right there. And justice. Oh, we got to stop right there. For all, oh, 
our mouths still say things that we're not doing. Not even on a, a creed like that. And we can all say it. I didn't teach y'all anything new just then, did I? No, nobody learned that for the first time, did they? Nobody thought, wow, that sounds awesome. Pastor John, did you come up with that? No, y'all know that Pastor John didn't come up with something that smart. So we all knew it. Why? Because we've all said it. And there was a day, I don't know if it's still today, but in school we stood up and, and said that. The school I went to, we had a flag. If we didn't have a flag, we had an intercom. And on the intercom they would say it. They would say, face this way. And we would say it. We would even have prayer. We even had prayer in public school. Try that. I was encouraged. A few weeks ago, I had an incredible privilege to go and, 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 and speak to the Rock Hill High School Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Very encouraged. There, there were probably 50 kids there that day, but they usually have over 100. Now, I didn't hear, know if they heard that I was coming. No, it, they had something else that was going on, so it was very rare for them to not have uh, that many. But I was very encouraged. And also to find out that they, they, they pray once a week. A young man w w was there that morning, and they said once a week that kid Leads kids in, in, in prayer. You remember what they call it? Prayer at the pole? What was it called? See you at the pole. Yeah. They still do that, but now they do it every week at some places. See, it's, it's, it's not outlawed for students. It's outlawed for everybody else. It, it, it is amazing. We, we can't do that. But let something crazy happen and, and everybody that says you can't will get in front of a camera and step on the, uh, get out on the steps of Congress and let's pray. Oh, don't pray. We can't pray. That's, that's just right up there with tell your dog I said hi to me. Y'all should see me at my house sometimes. I, I'm just ready to throw coffee on the TV sometimes. And I don't even watch it. I just see enough of it to be like, ah. <laughs> I said what's going on then was going on now. We're coming up where the messages are finally going to leave pastoral. And everybody said, amen, hallelujah. And we're going to get into the Christmas spirit and talk about the reason for the season. And, and we've got a candlelight service coming up. And we've got, we've got the kids are going to do something special for you. And we're going to have a good time. We're going to sing songs. And you know it's CFCC, so we're probably going to eat something. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have a New Year's Eve service. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service. Pretty good, wasn't it? But what I said was going on then is going on now. When Jesus was born, 
And when he came on the scene, and when he started touching men's heart and drawing them unto himself, let me tell you what was, what was growing. Belief was, was growing. But let me tell you something else that was growing. Opposition was growing. And opposition was not going to be satisfied till Jesus was hanging lifeless on a cross. But belief wasn't going to stop growing till he was resurrected from the dead. And that's the God that we serve. But you, look at your neighbor and say, you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that's my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I believe that. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, making a difference. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. That's an admonition to the church. Well, I would say, I, I would, I, I would want to say our pretty building. We, we can't say our pretty building. <laughs> People ask me, Pastor? And I say that building close to Captain Steve's, between Captain Steve's and, and, and the peach stand, I give them two pretty buildings. With that slice of bologna right between them. <laughs> we got them green flags out there on a sunny day. But it's beautiful inside. I got a hold of something this week that was beautiful on the outside, but when I opened it up, mm -mm. I was in Aldi. And... Uh, I was looking at bacon. So I had lust in my eyes. And I saw four dollars and something scratched through. And it said a dollar ninety-nine for a pound of bacon. Some of y'all like, which all do you go to, Pastor John? <laughs> I looked at that. I immediately left my stuff right there, grabbed a pack of it, took it to the front, scanned it. $1.99, walked away. Didn't even, I, I just left it because they can figure that out. I left it, and I grabbed 10 of them. And when I got home, oh, my gosh. Nothing smells worse than tainted, rotten bacon trying to cook. Oh, it's fried, but it's, it's mm. dog didn't even come in there. Dog was like, no. Mm -mm. So I did not realize until I looked closer that the date that I bought it was the last date it was good. 
And I bought 10 of them. Smart. Smart. Little investigation. Why was I saying that? I have zero idea. What was on the inside? Thank you, Cindy. Somebody go to the back, children's apartment, get a gold star, come bring it in here and pin it. Pin it on Cindy's forehead. Cindy, student of the day. Y'all let Cindy park on the concrete legs. <laughs> let her park on the concrete instead of the grass next week. How about that? We can look at a package that looks good, but on the inside it is nasty and corrupted, and it's out of date, and it's, it, the shelf life is gone on it. And we won't know until we dig just a little bit deeper. Or we can say, let what's inside of me be dealt with. Let what's inside of me be right. And I'm not even worried about the outside from that point. I'm telling you this, though. We cannot say our pretty little church and be afraid for it to get dirty if we're going to fulfill that scripture right there. Because there will be people that come in with stuff on their life. If Joshua the high priest had a filthy garment, so did the people. And if there was mercy for Joshua, there was mercy for the people. And somebody said, thank you, Lord. We're not to forget what He has brought us out of, but we're not supposed to go back into that either. And if they can be saved, we want them to be saved. Amen? Amen. That was a good, strong amen. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling. You better get that Scripture in you right there. Because he wouldn't have said that he was able to keep you from stumbling if the possibility wasn't possible, was not there for you to stumble. Oh, yes. And to present you faultless. That actually means free from the guilt of your past sins. I don't know what you're planning on getting for Christmas, but that right there is about as good as you can get right there for your mental health. To know that I'm free from the guilt of my past sins doesn't mean I didn't sin, but I'm free from the guilt of it. That'll go a long way when you're fighting the enemy all by yourself. When you're not in church on Sunday, when the praise music's not going and the enemy's trying to remind you of what you did, you can say, I'm blameless, Ephesians chapter 1. says that we're blameless. doesn't mean you didn't do it. It means you're free from the guilt of it. That's, that's an incredible scripture. I love it. And to present you faultless, blameless, free from the guilt of your past sins before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord? 
See, you read a whole book today. You go home and tell, you call your friends, hey, what y'all do today? Uh, I did this. Well, I read a book. <laughs> Don't tell them how long it took you. But you read a book. And you read a chapter. I read a chapter and a book. Make it sound like you did all that because you did. But what you got inside of you this morning is the Word of God. You got a big old Jude seed inside of you. And if that hits the soil of your heart, it will grow. There's so much in that scripture right there. Show me a believer that does not have to come back and thank God that you are free from the guilt of your past sins. It'll go a long way. Show me a believer who thinks it's only for themselves, and I'll tell you someone who's confused. This thing is for everyone. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here's my argument. I'll tell you real quick. I believe it. I believe it. I believe every word of every page, of every chapter, of every book in this Bible. I believe it. I believe it so much that if I quit believing it tomorrow, y'all please believe this, it's still true and I'm wrong. It's still the truth of God's Word. Whether I believe it or not, I happen to believe it. And that's what we have to do is believe on the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these people that have gathered today. God, I thank you for this year as we're coming down to the end of it. I can't believe it seems like just a couple of weeks ago that we were starting off the year 2023 and we're almost closing it out. We're about three weeks out from saying goodbye to this year. Lord, you've been faithful. You've been good. You've been who you are. And we love you for that. We believe that you're going to carry us through this season into a new year if you should tarry. We trust you. We love you. But God, you've, you've pulled my mind aside to say preach pastoral messages to them. Get my word inside of them. God, I'm believing you for a harvest that's coming up. I'm believing you just like this, the, 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 this uh, form of rain that's happening right now in the season to allow the ground to break up in the spring and to, to accept the seed. And then you'll send a ladder rain. Lord, I believe that, that you've got us in process right now. And where we're at is right in the middle of your process. And that you have good plans for us. So help us to be faithful. Thank you for this incredible gathering on this day. God, we're full of your word today. Now I pray that the enemy does not be allowed to come in and steal any seed of your word from our hearts today. Lord, I pray that your word be sealed up inside of us right now in Jesus' name so that it will produce a harvest. And I give you praise for it through Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. God bless.